Welcome to Five Alive. It is so wonderful to have you with us. Once again, we are concluding our Growth in Christ series. Today is the final of the 28 weeks that we have gone through. Actually, it's been 29 because last week we did our intro to uh, 2022 and what is your scripture verse you are looking at and meditating on this year to apply to your life. Today, we're going to be talking about standing on everything we've learned up to this point on how good God is, on the price that Christ paid for our life, on what the Holy Spirit does, water baptism, tithing, importance of being together in community as a church or a corporate fellowship. The importance of all those things now culminates in the last thing, which is sometimes after everything has been said and done, we have got to just stand. We stand on the promises of what God has given to us. We stand on God's holy word. We stand according to our prayers. Sometimes our prayers feel like they take so long to reach heaven. And sometimes maybe even when we're praying, we feel like we're just hitting the ceiling and that the prayers aren't going through to the throne room of God. And yet they are. And so in all those moments, what do we do? What more action do we take? What more uh, person, one more person do we talk to? No, we stand. Never in the body of Christ are we asked to stand alone. Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark traveled together. Later, Paul, Silas, and Luke traveled as a team with others to live life together. Peter and John often worked together. Jesus even had over 70 disciples that he sent out on a couple of occasions. I know we like to focus on the 12, but even then it shows you that Jesus was not alone. In the Old Testament, David had more than 400 men that went with him into hiding. Moses had his brother Aaron when he went to speak to Pharaoh and later when he was leading the people in the wilderness. By his own father-in-law's advice, he put other men in charge of judging the people and helping them through their wandering journey of 40 years in the wilderness. Moses even had Joshua there by his side. These examples are to show us the importance of brother encouraging brother and sister encouraging sister. We are not alone. Jesus even promised us in John chapter 14, verse 18, that he would never leave us alone. Mallory, would you read John 14, 18? I will not leave you comfortless. I come to you. Jesus will never leave us. He always sends us a comforter. Who is our ultimate comforter? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our ultimate comforter. He never leaves us. We are always, he is always there with us. He's the one that helps speak to us even louder than the, the terminology that we've come up with the past couple hundred years of our conscience. The Holy Spirit is even more than that. He helps protect us. He goes ever before us. He is ever our rear guard. He is the one that is always. He is God 100%, and he is there with us as our comforter. But even more than that, as Christians, we're never alone. There is a body of believers that is always, always, always around us. As followers of Christ, 
We are going to have trials if we have a corporate team of Christians around us. In other words, if we go to church and we have others that are around us that believe in Christ, they, on our behalf, in those moments of trial and tribulation, pray with us, help give us solutions, give us words of wisdom. Sometimes they even financially help us, and on and on and on. Help comes through the trials from our fellow Christians. Your life is enriched when you are working together with others and when you stand in the gap with each other, when you fight temptation together and hold each other accountable. This is the beauty of being in the family of God. As you have accepted Christ, you have been brought into the kingdom of God and you have been made a child of God and the family of God works together. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it's said like this, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. In your life, as you go through trials and tribulations, and as you continue to walk in faith, does every day look exactly the same? Yeah. What about those moments when you make mistakes or when you err in some form? What about those days that, yes, I know, and I'm about to admonish and encourage each and every one of us to pray and read the Bible and to live as Christ-like as we possibly can. But what about those days that you wake up on the proverbial wrong side of the bed? What about those days when you have doubt? What about those days when you, or months when you, don't pray or read the Bible or go to church or are surrounded with others? Have you ever seen yourself in a situation where you feel like maybe you're alone and there's nobody else there caring for you or with you? What do we do in those moments? Do we give up or do we trust in Jesus? Do we rely on his Holy Spirit? Do we allow others to stand in the gap for us? So I want to encourage us to daily read our Bible, but to also forgive ourselves in those moments when our day gets so busy that we neglect it. I also want to encourage us to read the Bible, but not read the Bible in such a way that it just becomes a checklist of things that we have accomplished in that day. Read your Bible, check. Eat breakfast, check. Brush your teeth, check. Pray, check. Go to work, check. But instead, because when we get into that kind of situation of reading our Bible and praying, it just becomes a thing to do and loses its ability to really speak to our hearts. I want to encourage us to meditate on God's word. Memorize the Holy Scriptures and apply them to our lives. Worship him, not just with a song that we hear on the radio or a song that we've heard in church, but write our own worship songs, write our own ways of worshiping the Lord. Maybe we're not a singer. Maybe we're an artist. 
in another capacity. Or maybe we're a scientist that doesn't understand the arts. And so therefore, the only thing we understand is things that are in algorithmic form. Find ways to worship the Lord in those things. Daily commit your life skills to Jesus as a Christian. And when things become complacent, find ways to switch things up. You know, I used to read the Bible at night before I went to bed only. That was the way I did things for a long time. And as I read the Bible before I went to bed, I started finding myself falling asleep while I was reading the Bible. Because eventually, as I read it, as alive as God's word is, there were those moments that I was just so tired that I fell asleep and it started becoming a regular thing for me to start reading and fall asleep. I needed to switch things up. So I started reading the Bible in the morning. Now I read the Bible before I take a shower. I'm constantly finding ways to change things up so that that way I don't become complacent in my daily walk with the Lord. And I have to admit there have even been those moments that I haven't read the Bible because I felt other things were more important than reading the Bible. In those moments, I've got to forgive myself and continue to seek after the Lord. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in and through you in the days ahead. We just have a few questions and a few passages of Scripture as we talk about standing. Xavier's going to read for us Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24, and then we're going to read 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and put in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm, standing therefore, having fastened on the seatbelt of truth, not the seatbelt. Wow. I was going to say, you said seatbelt. heard that version before. Fasten on the seatbelt of truth. That was, that was just like <laughs> Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how you are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. So what are the final instructions given in this passage of Scripture? Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. 
Be strong in the Lord and in strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be protected and defend against the evil that is out to get you in our continual pursuit of the gospel of Christ. You also see that it talks about us walking in peace and in love, not just with God, but with our fellow man. Mm -hmm. Why should I put on the whole armor of God? Because the world is an evil place. Mm. It keeps us in check. As we move forwards. Yeah. We can't face this world alone on our own. We can't face the world without putting on each of the articles of the armor of God. I mean, I've always heard issues of gospel peace neglected quite a lot whenever I was younger in children's church. They like to tell teach us of the armor of God. But then at the same time, they usually neglect the shoes of gospel of peace. Hmm. Whenever that one's a very important, very important article Definitely. in the army, armor, because that's what keeps us steady. That's what keeps us, gives us the ability to continue to move forward because we have the peace with the Lord and we're not troubled by the world. But whenever we forget that, we are scared and we're worried about what's going to come and what wars are happening and what pandemics are coming at us and we're terrified. But if we have the shoes of the gospel peace, which we neglect sometimes, that helps keep us steady. Sure. Just like any other article, if you neglect it, then you're not, you're giving in to the world more so than you think you are. And helps us to stand, mm -hmm. which is what we're talking about today. I think it's important to remember that when we're putting on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace on our feet, shotting our feet with the gospel of peace and holding up the shield of faith, as well as having the sword of the spirit. In all these things, what we're doing is, is we're trusting that we're going to continue to move forward and go forward into battle. Battle isn't something that we think about attack, being attacked from behind. That's why all of the armor of God isn't talked about as something that is behind us. We don't have those things there for a couple of reasons, I believe. First of all is because we are constantly supposed to be moving forward. Jesus said, any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Another reason is, is because God always has our back. He's always there. He's our protector of what is going on behind us. So if somebody outflanks us, we trust that God is there protecting our back. But not only that, sometimes God doesn't do it in a way where he sends a mighty angel of the Lord and that angel there is guarding us from behind, but instead he sends our fellow believers who are walking and fighting right alongside us so that, that way our back is protected by our fellow brothers, our fellow sisters that are right there behind us, which means that they can't be our enemy. We've got to stop fighting in the church against each other. We've got to stop looking at each other as the enemy. We've got to stop looking at each other's viewpoints or opinions as an attack 
personally against us. And we've got to stop being so thin-skinned that everything somebody does or says offends us. If we're putting on the armor of God, we are protected from these things. So who is our real enemy? Myself. Why do you think yourself is your real enemy? Because it's easy to beat myself up because I know my flaws. And therefore, if I'm always concentrating on all of my flaws and the things I don't like, I'm not allowing Christ to speak to me and to be secure in his love. Okay. I'm pushing him away. Okay. So we can be our own real enemy. Who else is our real enemy? Those that are out to kill, steal, and destroy. Our eternal souls. So anybody who's out to steal, kill, steal, kill, and destroy our eternal soul is our enemy. Is your coworker out to destroy your eternal soul? Is your boss out to destroy you in a way that can prevent you from going on into eternal life? Is the person driving down the road that all of a sudden makes you angry because they cut you off and because they then slammed on their brakes and because they then sped up real fast and they drove erratically? Is that person really your enemy? Can they destroy your soul? But yet we act or we react so often as if they are. Our real enemy is the devil. Our real enemy are his minions, his demons that are out to destroy us. Yes, I know they're not people that we can see. And I realize sometimes they do control the people that are around us or they oppress the people that are around us. But those people are not our real enemy. The weapons we fight with are not flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities that we cannot see. And we must recognize that our real enemy is the one that is out to destroy our souls, to keep us from eternity and to keep us from living with God through Christ Jesus our Lord. What does the armor of God enable us to do? It enables us to continually move forwards. And through that, we are able to defend ourselves and move forwards offensively through the sword of the Spirit Hmm. and all the things that are thrown at us to try and deter us. Definitely. What else does the armor of God help us do? It also helps keep us in check Mm -hmm. of where we are and where we are to be in Christ. And to continue, uh, go back to whenever I said, not neglect anything that we are to be doing in the Lord. It helps us stand firm in who we are with Christ. Anything else the armor of God does? What's the most obvious thing that an armor, that armor of any sort does? Protects us. Yeah, it protects us. What does the helmet of salvation protect us from? Sin. And? Death. Yes. What about the belt of truth? What does it protect us against? Lies. 
What does the shield of faith do other than quench the fiery darts of the enemy that are cast about at us as it described in the passage of scripture we read? What would those fiery darts contain that are trying to destroy us? Disbelief. Yeah, disbelief and hatred, fear. What does the breastplate of righteousness prevent us from doing? Righteousness. Prevent us from doing? Yes. What does it protect us from? What does it help us to not do? The breastplate of righteousness guards our hearts from the outside and helps protect us from the evil desires of our hearts and helps us stay righteous. What about the gospel of peace? Oh, I guess Xavier already really talked about the gospel of peace, didn't you? Please say it again. What, pa- shoes, what part of the shoes, shoes are firm foundation? Yeah, I was saying what what's gospel of peace, a part of the outfit. All right, I think we've digressed. Being in accord <laughs> with Christ Jesus. What additional things are to be done other than putting on the armor of God? Sincerely loving Christ. Yeah. Praying without ceasing. Telling others of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. Read the Bible and then become Bible man. <laughs> Xavier, read, read verse 24 and describe, everyone describe to us, everyone, everyone here present, everyone at this table, describe your own feelings about Jesus as he reads verse 24. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. The scripture means to me to love God through all sincerity. God knows the manners of our heart. He knows the manners of my heart. And he knows when I'm sincere and I'm not sincere. So in all my sincerity, may I love him forever and ever as much as he loves me. It means to me to love Christ with incorruptible love. And in that, that means to not be corrupted by the outside world or to follow Christ up until a certain point and then be stagnant because I'm okay with where I am. I've arrived. I'm here. In that, that's corruption because that's pride and pride goes before the fall. And in that, you're allowing the outside world and sin or other people into your heart more than you're allowing Christ to speak into your life. In them telling you, oh, you're fine. Oh, it's okay to do that. Oh, you can do that too. Because we're all sinners. We all sin. Instead of striving for the perfection of Christ, we continue to put ourselves down by saying, oh, we all sin. So we can still do that. You can continue to do that. It's okay. God will forgive you eventually. And in that, we're allowing our love for Christ to become corrupted. And then we're not getting the grace of God And that doesn't mean we didn't ask Christ into our hearts. And it doesn't mean we're not going to maybe go to heaven. But it does mean that we're not giving Christ our all. We're not fully blessed with the full grace and abilities that God wants us to have. Instead, we're becoming corrupted. I love Jesus. 
I think it is important that we continue to remember that when we do see others that are to be in Christ, that we are to be like the Bereans that are mentioned in the book of Acts, that we are to study God's word and to see if what's proved in their lives and in our lives lines up with his holy word in the capacity of which we do not get fooled as many Christians have been in the past. There have been many wars that could have been resolved or prevented had people not fought them in the name of Jesus. And yet, because people are corrupted sometimes, as Xavier was just saying, this needs to be tested. And if we have the armor of God on, we will see the lies when the corruptibility has taken place. Our final passage of scripture and our closing of the things that we must do is to stand is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. Therefore, beloved, since you are awaiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. May we continue to stand on God's word and apply it to our very hearts. Mallory, will you close us in prayer? Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day, and that we will worship you and love you for all of our lives. <laughs> For the rest of our lives, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You can find us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you find your podcasts. We thank you for listening. Live Alive Out.